Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I'm your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually with our scorekeeper, Carter Zanke. How are you doing today, Carter? Having a little bit of a deja vu today, but excited to be here. Yeah, we're uh, continuing to, to re-record the episodes that uh, magically disappeared um, last week. So... Here we have our contestants that were going to be on on the 22nd, but now they're going to be on this week. First, we have my brother, Mason. Um, hi there, Matthew. It's it's Groundhog Day again. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm happy to be. Is it technically back on the show now? Yeah, I'm glad we're going to beat this dead horse um, for the next three weeks. Uh, yes, I, I suppose you're back on the show, but you've been scorekeeper several times, so you've been on. You've, you've been on a lot. But we do have a new contestant today. Um, we have Josh. Hello, I'm Joshua Link. I am Mason's former teammate on the Robinson Quizball team, and I'm also excited to be here again. It's going to be great the second time. Yes, yes. Hopefully, hopefully people will actually get to hear it this time. Well, with all of our regular episodes, we'll have four rounds of questions, each with a slightly different format. And so, without further ado, Carter will explain the rules for round one. Round one is our first general knowledge round, consisting of five multiple choice questions for each of you. Uh, please choose the answer that you think is correct, because they're each worth 10 points each. All righty, Mason, are you ready for your five questions? Ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Question one. Which of the following regional fast food chains is known for frozen custard, cheese curds, and butter burgers, and originates from Wisconsin? A. White Castle. B. Culver's. C, Whataburger. Uh, that'd be B, Culver's. That's correct. It began began in Sauk City, Wisconsin in 1984, and now has over 800 locations in 25 states. But the chain is most prevalent, of course, in the upper Midwest. Question two. Who was the longest reigning monarch of a sovereign country in history? A, King Louis XIV of France. B, Queen Victoria of the UK. Or C, Queen Elizabeth II of the UK. That would be A, King Louis XIV. That's correct. He, his reign lasted 72 years and 110 days. Victoria's was 63 years and 7 months. And Queen Elizabeth is currently at 69 years and 7 months. Nice. Question 3. As a college student at his alma mater, Senator Bernie Sanders participated in sit-ins protesting the university president's segregated housing policy at what Midwestern University? A, Northwestern University, B, the University of Illinois, or C, the University of Chicago? I want to say C, University of Chicago. That's correct. He got his BA in political science there in 1964. Question four. Which of Alfred Hitchcock's films includes the famous shower scene? A, Psycho, B, Vertigo, or C, Rear Window? That would be A, Psycho. That's correct. The character Marion Crane is stabbed to death in the shower of the Bates Motel. And finally, question five. Mozart's first biographer, Franz Niemicek, stated that the composer completed La Clemenza di Tito in how many days? A, 18, B, 28, or C, 38? I want to say A, 18. That's correct. Whether or not this is actually true, we don't know. But Mozart did have someone write the Secco recitatives in the opera, likely his pupil Franz Zusmeyer, 
who would later complete Mozart's Requiem after his death, later in 1791. Alrighty, Josh, are you ready for your five questions? Yes, I am. Question one. In 2011, True North Sports and Entertainment failed to acquire the Phoenix Coyotes, but would later buy the Atlanta Thrashers and relocate them to what Canadian city? A. Winnipeg, B. Hamilton, or C. Quebec City? Uh, I don't know anything about this, so I'm going to say Winnipeg. That's correct. The team, rechristened the Winnipeg Jets, brought the NHL back to the city after the original Jets had left for Phoenix in 1996. Question 2. What is the name of the field of study of insects? A. Entomology B. Ornithology or C. Ichthyology I believe that is A. Entomology. That's correct. Ornithology is the study of birds and ichthyology is the study of fish. Question 3. In the early 1820s, Sequoia created the writing system for what Native American language currently spoken in Oklahoma and North Carolina? A. Choctaw, B. Salish, or C. Cherokee? Uh, that's C. Cherokee. Correct. Sequoia's 86-letter syllabary um, caught on almost immediately and remains the primary script of the language to this day. Question 4. What child actor is known for playing Randy Taylor on the sitcom Home Improvement, as well as voicing young Simba in Disney's The Lion King? A. Edward Furlong, B. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, or C. Macaulay Culkin? I'm not sure, but I recognize Jonathan Taylor Thomas, so that's what I'll go with. That's correct. Edward Furlong was in Terminator 2, and Culkin was the kid in Home Alone. And finally, question 5. Which sculpture by Michelangelo was unveiled in the public square outside of the Palazzo Vecchio in Florence on September 8th, 1504? A. The Thinker, B. The Pietà, or C. David? Um, I know... I'll say David. That sounds right to me. That's correct. It was originally going to be positioned along the roofline of the Florence Cathedral, but then um, it was positioned in front of the Palazzo Vecchio. And it was moved to its present location, the Galleria dell'Accademia, pardon my Italian, in Florence in 1873. The Pietà is in the Vatican, and the thinker is not by Michelangelo, that's by Rodin, and it's in Paris. Alrighty, well, I think I know what the score is, um, but Carter, can you please give us a score update for the end of round one? It is 50 to 50. That's what I thought. It's time for our weekly audience question. If you recall, last week our question was, September was originally the seventh month of the 10-month Roman calendar, the calendar of Romulus. Before the calendar was expanded to its current 12 months, what was the first month of the year? And the answer was March. March was the first month as late as 451 BC. January and February were eventually added to make 12 months for the year. And so now for this week's question, thinking about Labor Day, in what state did the amusement park industry successfully lobby the state government to mandate that schools not start until after Labor Day so as to give families one more weekend to visit amusement parks? So what state did that happen in? So have a think about that. Send me your answers and I'll announce the correct answer next week. 
Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Uh, round two now consists of open-ended uh, questions directed to each of you on the same topic. Uh, questions here are now worth 20 points, and if you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for half that many, or 10 points. Alrighty. So what our listeners won't know is that I had originally given Mason questions about um, King Henry VIII's fourth wife, Anne of Cleves, um, which I, th I think personally is some of my, my uh, best work. Um, but unfortunately, um, now Mason knows all the answers, so I cannot bring those questions to light. So instead, Man, ain't that a shame? Well, <laughs> well, we'll save him for someone else who maybe knows something about um, the Anne of Cleves. Um, but uh, instead, we're going to give you questions about another historical figure. Um, this guy's birthday was September 8th, um, 1841. And that is Charles Gateau. So, Mason, are you ready for your qu five questions about Charles Gateau? Um, I, I guess, yeah, sure. Okay. Question one. Charles Gateau is known today for assassinating which U.S. president? Uh, that would be Garfield. That's correct. It was at the Baltimore and Pacific Railroad Station on July 2nd, 1881. Garfield died 79 days later on September 19th. Question two. In the 1870s, Gateau was a supporter of the Democratic Party and gave an apparently disorganized speech in favor of what Democratic-endorsed liberal-Republican candidate for president running against Ulysses S. Grant in 1872? Man, I can see his face. I can see his face, and I can't put a name on it. Oh. Um, Lodge? No. Josh? Uh, I also don't know, so I'll say Fremont. No, this was Horace Greeley. And Greeley, of course, died 24 days after the election. Um, he lost it anyway, but uh, as a result of that, he received no electoral college votes. Question three. On June 11th, 1880, Gateau was a passenger on board the SS Stonington when it collided with the SS Narangaset near the mouth of what New England River? Um... Would that be a Charles? No. Josh? Uh, I'll say the Connecticut River. It was the Connecticut River. The Narangaset burned and sank as a result of the collision, but the Stonington was able to make it back to port, and all of its passengers, including Gateau, survived. Nonetheless, the experience left Gateau feeling like he had been preserved for a greater purpose. Question four. Gateau believed he materially affected Garfield's victory in the 1880 presidential election over Winfield Scott Hancock, so much so that he wrote to Garfield requesting that he be appointed consul to Vienna, then changed his mind and asked instead for the consulship in what other European capital city? Paris. That's correct. After the election, he wrote Garfield and his cabinet numerous times requesting the appointment, once the administration began work in March 1881, he even ran into some of them on the street in D.C. Apparently, in May of that year, Secretary of State James Blaine snapped at him, quote, never speak to me on the Paris consulship as long as you live. Finally, question five. The trial of James Garfield's assassin was one of the first high-profile cases in the United States of the use of what defense? Um, would that be insanity? Yes, temporary insanity. Gateau claimed God ordered him to kill Garfield. Most experts agree that he was very likely legally insane. All righty, Josh, your questions 
are going to be about a U.S. president who was born on September 15th, and that was William Howard Taft. He was born September 15th, 1857. So are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. Okay. Question one. In 1900, Taft began a stint as governor general of what Asian island nation, which was captured by the U.S. from Spain during the Spanish-American War? I will guess the Philippines. That's correct. He initially clashed with outgoing military governor general Arthur MacArthur Jr., but then governed the Philippines for two and a half years. Question two. Taft served as secretary of war under his predecessor, which president? Uh, I believe that was Teddy Roosevelt. That's correct. He was Roosevelt's hand-picked successor to the presidency. Question three. Taft is perhaps best known today for having a custom what installed in the White House, owing to the fact that he weighed upwards of 350 pounds. I didn't know this was actually true, but I'm going to say bathtub. Yes, that part is true. There's actually a popular photograph of four men sitting um, comfortably inside the president's bathtub. Um, there isn't any truth, however, to the rumor, the related rumor that he got stuck in the non-Taft-sized White House bathtub. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he did have a custom one installed. Question four. The split in the Republican Party following the Pinchot-Ballinger controversy led to Taft's defeat in the 1912 presidential election by whom? Uh, that is Woodrow Wilson. That's correct. The Roosevelt administration had made land conservation a priority, but Taft appointed Richard Ballinger as Secretary of the Interior, and he reversed many of the previous administration's policies, returning three million acres to private use. This upset the U.S. Forest Service Chief um, Gifford Pincho, who wrote an open letter to Senator Jonathan Dolliver accusing Ballinger of misdeeds, and Dolliver read it into the congressional record. Pincho was fired, which drove a wedge into the Republican Party since he was a close friend of Roosevelt's. Roosevelt ended up running against Taft as a member of the Bull Moose Party, and they split the Republican vote, causing Wilson to win. And finally, question five. In 1921, Taft was appointed to what position by President Warren G. Harding to replace Edward Douglas White, making him the only person to have held both that position and the presidency? I believe this is the job that he actually wanted and liked. It was uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. That is correct. And he was Chief Justice until 1930 when he resigned due to his failing health. He died one month later. And as Josh alluded to, he had sought um, a position on the court, specifically the Chief Justice position, um, even before he was Secretary of War, but then felt like his political purposes extended beyond the Supreme Court. And so he was president and then went to the court. All righty, that's the end of round two. So, Carter, can you please give us a score update? Well, we have Mason at 110 and Josh at 160. All righty, and now it is time for round three. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Uh, yes, round three is like round two, but the stakes are a little bit higher, and you'll get questions on multiple topics. Uh, here, questions are worth 30 points, and if you go in wrong, your opponent can answer for 15 points. Okay. Mason, are you ready? Yes. Question one. What interstate highway that only passes through three states is the only interstate highway to intersect both the Canadian and Mexican borders? Uh, that would be the, the, uh, the five. That's correct. I-5. It runs from Blaine, Washington to San Ysidro, California. Question two. 
What natural phenomenon is described by the term solar eclipse? That'd be the uh, the moon passing in front of the sun. Yeah, and yeah, it it blocks part or all of the light from the sun. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's close enough. Question three: What is the name of the acts of Congress that establish territories of the United States and how they should be governed? Like the Northwest Ordinance? No, we're looking. For, it's a, this is a generic term because it it what it, it's not just the it's not just that one. Although I don't know that that one bore, bore this name, but it's a it's a kind of generic enabling term. act. No, that's no, that's that's not it. That, that's for a state. Josh, do you know? I was gonna say enabling act, so I don't know. Okay, um, I believe it's called the Organic Acts. Question four. On September eighth, nineteen fifty-two. The Old Man and the Sea was published, written by what American author? Oh, it's What's-His-Face. I can, I can see him. Why am I blanking on this name of all things? Like, I can see the beard and all. And, uh, oh, Longfellow. No. Josh? Literature is not my strong suit, but I'll say Frost. No, this was Ernest Hemingway. Oh, the other one. Yeah. Um, it was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 1953. And finally, question five. J. William Fulbright, who founded his namesake scholarship, represented which state in the U.S. Senate? Um, I want to say Illinois. No. Josh? I believe it's Arkansas. It's Arkansas. He served... <laughs> yeah, that's one, either, Mason, either you know it or you don't. Um... Yeah, because he would never guess Arkansas. Uh, he served five terms in the Senate from 1945 to 1974. Alrighty, Josh, are you ready for your five questions? I am. Let's go. Question one. What interstate highway, which eventually runs all the way to I-70 west of St. Louis, begins in the city of Chesapeake, Virginia, and runs for 297 miles in that state? I think I'm very close to it right now. I'm going to say Interstate 64. That's correct. It's the second longest interstate highway in Virginia after I-81. Question two. English playwright and novelist Michael Frayn, though successful for his dramas and novels, is best known for writing what farcical comedy? I no idea. I can't think of any farcical comedies right now. Okay. Mason? How many bears? I don't know. He wrote Noises Off. Oh, and the story goes that he was watching a performance of another farce he had written from backstage and remarked, quote, it was funnier from behind than in front. And I thought that one day I must write a farce from behind. And of course, in act two of Noises Off, the stage flips around. And so you watch the characters running around backstage and hilarity ensues. Question three. With the passage of the 23rd Amendment to the Constitution, Voting rights in presidential elections were extended to whose residence? Uh, is that the District of Columbia? That's correct. Since D.C. is not a state, its residents could not vote in presidential elections prior to 1961. Question four. Woody Guthrie, singer of This Land is Your Land, died of complications of what inherited neurological disease which slowly affects a person's physical and mental capabilities? Um... My first two thoughts would be either Huntington's or Parkinson's. So I'll say Parkinson's. No. Mason? How about Huntington's? It's Huntington's. Oh. 
Yeah. He inherited it from his mother and died around 20 years after the first symptoms. And that's like the one fact that I carry with me from ninth grade biology with Mr. Missenjack. Finally, question five. On September 8th, 1974, President Gerald Ford pardoned whom of all crimes committed? Um, no idea. Don't overthink it. Oh, no, oh, oh, now I know. <laughs> I think it's uh, Richard Nixon. Uh, it is Richard Nixon. Ford said that he thought it was in the best interest of the country to not have legal proceedings against Nixon drag on. And many think the pardon was a major factor in Ford's loss in the 1976 presidential election. Alrighty, that's the end of round three. So, Carter, can you please give us a score update? We have Mason at 185 and Josh at 265. Alrighty. We'll see if, if you can eclipse your, uh, your total from our lost episode. Josh, you've definitely got a shot. Okay, so now it is time for round four. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Round four is our showdown round, consisting of three open-ended questions. Uh, each of you will write down or otherwise make note of your answers, and we will reveal them at the same time. Each question here is worth 40 points. Okay. Um, Mason, Josh, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Question one. On September 8th, 1965, an ad ran in Daily Variety and The Hollywood Reporter as a casting call for what made-for-TV boy band? Okay, 1965. Payson, do you have an answer? The Monkees? Josh? I also said the Monkees. It was the Monkees. That's correct. Davy Jones was already picked, and so the auditions were held to fill the other three slots in the band. Um, there were 437 applicants, and they ended up choosing three, Michael Nesmith, Peter Twork, and Mickey Dolenz. Question two. Peter Maxwell Davies composed eight songs for a Mad King in 1969 based on the words of what British monarch? Okay, Mason, what is your answer? Uh, George III. Josh? I also said George III. That's correct. It scored for baritone with an extraordinary command of extended techniques, as well as flute, clarinet, piano, violin, cello, and numerous percussion instruments. I hope that you are not offended that I didn't write out all the percussion instruments, Mason, because there are, as I said, numerous. Uh, that's that's fine. We, we I know we're on a limited time. Yes, <laughs> we are. All righty, and finally, question three. From 1831 to 1836, Charles Darwin sailed around the world aboard what ship? Mason, what is your answer? The HMS Beagle. Josh? I also said the HMS Beagle. <laughs> You're both correct. It is the HMS Beagle. He spent three years and three months on land and 18 months at sea during that voyage. Well, that's the end of the game. So, Carter, what's the final score? Uh, the final score is Mason with 305 points and Josh with 385 points. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> this definitely beats Josh's prior score of 350. Yeah. Well, Josh, congratulations. You have the all-time highest score now on this show. Um, do you have anything that you would like to say? Uh, I guess I'm glad that we retaped because this was an even better uh, victory for me. So yeah. Thank you.
Yeah, it worked out really well for you. Well, thank you. That's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, Mason and Josh, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music. Our questions today were written by Sophie Wolbert, Matthew Hauser, Lucas Hauser. Yes, there were two questions from Mason, but they both went to Josh. Uh, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Your Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Trivia Over Tea and feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week.